Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Listen to what God may be trying to say to you personally today. There is something in every one of you that waits, listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. You are the only you that has ever lived. Your idiom is the only idiom of its kind in all of existence. And if you cannot hear the sound of the genuine in you, you will all your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. There is in you something that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. And sometimes there is so much traffic going on in your mind so many different kinds of signals, so many vast impulses floating through your organism that go back thousands of generations long before you were even a thought in the mind of creation and you are buffeted by these. In the midst of all of this, you have got to find out what your name is. Here a reading from Matthew. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. Jesus was transfigured in front of them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as light. Just then, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Lord, It is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still still speaking, look, a bright cloud enveloped them. A voice from the cloud said, this is my son, with whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces, filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. So my name is Keith. I use he, him, his pronouns. And I'm very grateful to be here today on this fourth Sunday of Black History Month. For this entire month, we have had only black pastors and preachers speaking the word of God from this pulpit, and that is sacred. Park Avenue's pulpit has been unapologetically black and holy, 
And I want to leave it that way, so family, allow me to say a few words from the floor. Do y'all remember that old song if you grew up in the church? Dim bones, dim bones, dim, dry bones. Yeah, I knew Daniel would remember. <laughs> well, my title for today is Carry Dim Bones. And like a good Baptist, I have a second title. Call on the Ancestors. Uh, if you'll hit the next one, Lindsay. Uh, I've been thinking a lot lately about my own ancestors ever since my grandfather died. This is my grandfather, two of my brothers, my mom, and my grandmother. So my grandfather died back in September, and his name was John Wesley Nix. So in his name alone, he carried a theological legacy. And I could talk about all the multiple ways that granddad is still teaching me little lessons like speak to strangers, and don't take yourself so seriously, be mischievous. But what I wanna talk about today are the prayers and grief of my grandmother. I was on the phone with her the other day and she told me, Keith, you're probably gonna tell me this is not biblical or you're gonna think I'm crazy, but can I tell you something? Every night before I go to bed, I still pray for your granddad. I pray that granddad has everything that he wants, that he feels no pain, and that he watches over us and even talks to God about us. So this is a sermon for my grandmother and for my granddad and for all of us who grieve the loss of intimate loved ones and for all of us who grieve the fact that we may have been cut off from some of our ancestors. Will you pray with me? Holy love, take these feeble words and make something beautiful with them. Give us hearts to receive, that we might come to know you more. Amen. More than ever, we need the comfort, strength, and wisdom of ancestors. In the judicial system, the innocent are punished, while the guilty are pardoned and paid. Our leaders build taller and taller walls to keep foreigners out, and then they gatekeep those walls so only the military can travel freely and extract resources from the poor and from the land. Religious leaders are more likely to take a bribe than they are to take a hard stand against corruption and oppression. The poor, the refugee, the immigrant, the marginalized are all surveilled and policed their movements restricted and their labor exploited while the rich keep getting richer, buying their way into positions of influence. Women are mocked openly and the most powerful men in the country boast about their misogynistic abuse. Now, of course, I'm talking about first century Israel. <laughs> this is during the time of the Roman occupation of the provinces of Galilee, Samaria, and Judea, where Jesus lived. At the start of our text today, Jesus has been tempted in the desert, has called a ragtag team of disciples, has healed the sick, healed the lame, cast out demons, preached the highlight sermon of his life on the mount, fed the 10,000. And now Jesus finds himself right on the edge of Jerusalem, where he will speak truth to power and be murdered by the state. Can you imagine Jesus's fear, knowing that he has to do this prophetic task, but that it will kill him? 
Our first lesson today is that Jesus retreats from the crowds and the busyness of life. He takes three of his closest friends and he hikes deep into the woods up to the top of a quiet, still mountain. Now, if you have read the Hebrew scriptures, then perhaps you can already see the significance because many, many generations ago, Jesus' ancestor Moses also took three witnesses with him and traveled to the top of the mountain. In Jesus' time of fear, he is already calling on the example of his ancestors. Up on that high, quiet mountain, all by themselves, Jesus is transfigured in the Greek metamorpho. You can say it with me, it's kind of fun. Metamorpho, where we get the word metamorphosis, meaning literally to change or transition into another form. And Jesus' clothes become bright as light. In verse 3, just then Moses and Elijah appear and talk with Jesus. In his time of deep trouble, Jesus talked with his ancestors. Can you hear the good news already? That death is not final? The ancestors are not dead? Yes, they have deceased. Their bodies burned or buried, but they are not gone. And when Jesus needs them the most, they show up and offer him strength, wisdom, comfort from their own lives, teaching Jesus about the joys and the cost of following God's mission in the world. And if you permit me for just a moment to use my creative feminist theological imagination, I believe that it was not just the male ancestors who showed up for Jesus on that day. Perhaps the male disciples who reported this story only had patriarchal eyes, could only see the male ancestors. But I believe that in addition to Moses and Elijah, the female ancestors were also there talking with Jesus, Miriam, Deborah, Rahab, Ruth, Esther, all with their arms around Jesus, talking with him. And I believe that when the spirits of the ancestors show up, they bring with them their own ancestors, too. So Moses shows up, but did you know that in Exodus 13, before Moses leads the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt into freedom, before that happens, Moses goes and gathers the bones of Joseph, his ancestor, and he carried them bones with him. In fact, a lot of rabbis declare that Moses carried Joseph's bones in a second ark. Uh, let's get one more. In a second ark. In the Talmud, Rabbi Natan wrote, all those years that the Jewish people are traveling through the wilderness, there were two arks one with the bones of Joseph, and one the Ark of the Divine Presence, the Ark of the Covenant, traveling side by side. And Rabbi Rashi wrote that they carried more than just Joseph's bones in that Ark. An Ark for the tablets, for the presence of God, and an Ark for the bones of the ancestors. Now, since you let me do it before, can I use my creative feminist imagination again? In Linda 
Herser's book, The Bible and Transgender Experience, she points out that many of us know the story of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, the coat of many colors, in Hebrew, the Ketonet Pasim. However, what many of us do not know is the only other time in our scriptures that this phrase is used, Ketonet Pasim, is used to describe the garment of a virgin princess. 2 Samuel 13, the Ketonet Pasim is the garment worn by the king's virgin daughter. If you'll hit the next one. Joseph is wearing a princess dress. Which means Joseph may very well have been a trans kid simply trying to live their truth. So can you see it? As Moses and the Israelites travel through the wilderness to freedom, they carry with them the bones of their ancestor and a holy ark right beside the ark of the divine presence. And thousands of years later, Jesus will call on those same ancestors to guide him in his moment of trouble. Notice what the book says. Jesus is transfigured at the same time that he is brought more fully into relationship with his ancestry. I mean, that thing gets me excited. I don't know if you caught it. At the same time that Jesus is transfigured, he is brought more fully into relationship with his ancestors. And it transfigured him. In other words, Jesus transitioned into a new form. And if we are to take Jesus' transfiguration seriously, then we must also affirm everyone who transitions today. And if I'm not being clear enough, let me be so. There are multiple biblical precedents for affirming the holiness of all of our trans brothers, sisters, and siblings, especially our black and brown trans siblings, because newsflash, there are no white people in the Bible. And there are no. And so those of us who are white must exercise a lot more humility and a lot more responsibility for a colonized and colonizer Christianity who has cut too many people off from their ancestors. Communing with the ancestors is a part of almost every indigenous spirituality on the planet, rooting back to Jesus in the Middle East, Moses in Egypt, and black persons all across the continent of Africa. And what indigenous religions have been telling us all along is affirmed right here in our gospel text. The ancestors are not dead. They are right here with us. So there's a debate in psychology right now about Disney movies. One group of psychologists say that Disney movies convey an unrealistic picture of death. Little children struggle to understand that death is final, that it can't be fixed or reversed. And Disney movies collude with that, right? They show images of ancestors returning, and they show death as impermanent. So Simba's, Mufa uh, Simba's father, Mufasa, returns in the clouds and talks with him. Pocahontas talks with her grandmother, who returns in the old willow tree. Moana talks with her grandmother, who returns in the spirit of a manta ray. 
Mulan and her father commune with all of their ancestors at their family's shrine. Miguel strums and plays his guitar and literally joins his ancestors through their altar on El Dia de Muertos. And some psychologists say that this is a lie. This is harmful. This is colluding with, with children's own failure to grasp that death is final. But there is a whole other group of psychologists, many of whom are black and brown psychologists, who say, oh no, Disney is retelling an old truth that we have known for a long, long time, that our ancestors are not gone. And children and adults can cope with grief and find comfort and guidance in their lives by talking with their ancestors. So when we feel afraid, lost, hopeless, our ancestors come to us with comfort, strength, wisdom, like Simba looking in his reflection in the pool and gazing at the clouds, like Pocahontas sitting under the willow tree, or Moana drifting in the ocean, or Mulan at her ancestor's shrine, or Miguel singing and playing his guitar. We can welcome in the ancestors. In some Disney movies, like Frozen 2, are even helping us start wrestling with problematic ancestors, our ancestors that caused harm. I heard an episode on this podcast, Hope and Hard Pills, the other day about a pastor in North Carolina named Rob Lee, great, 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 great grandson of Robert E. Lee, who shares his name. After the racist massacre in Charlottesville, Rob Lee realized, like, I've got to start wrestling with my own racist legacy. So Rob Lee uh, did this podcast. The podcast episode is titled, I Am Not My Ancestors. And Rob Lee has begun fighting for every statue of his ancestor to be torn down. He was even forced to resign from his white church for the trouble he was causing in the city. But he continues to write and preach against his legacy as he confronts his racist ancestors and works for racial justice. Some of us are being called to change our ancestry. Today on this Transfiguration Sunday, some of us are being called to transfigure our own family's legacy. And gratefully, no matter who we are, when we join the community of Christian faith, we are invited to enter into a new legacy and a new ancestry. I think I have one more. If you, if you read our scriptures, they call it the great cloud of witnesses. So like Jesus who talks with Elijah and Moses, and like Moses who called on Joseph, we too are invited to call on our biological and our spiritual ancestors. Now, I don't know what your mountaintop is right now. I don't know what struggles or worries have driven you to the top of your mountain, but they are our ancestors, biological and spiritual, who journeyed there with you. Will you talk with them? Just as Jesus talked with Moses and Moses talked with Joseph, will you too talk with Jesus and with the ancestors that he brings to your mountaintop? Because there is comfort, strength, 
and wisdom and the ancestors that have come before us call on it. When you are rejected for your gender identity and expression, you can call on the authenticity of Joseph. When you feel inadequate to the task of liberation, call on the bravery of Moses. When you are discredited and outnumbered, call on the steadfast faith of Elijah. When you feel discouraged and weary, call on the joy of Miriam and lead your people with dancing. When you are afraid to confront the violence of the empire, call on the conviction of Esther and say to them, I will go unto the king, and if I perish, I perish. When you are abused by racist, sexist systems, call on the courage and determination of Sojourner Truth. When you are beat down by oppressive onslaughts against your very being, Call on the power of Dubois. And you, when you are met with bitter, twisted lies and trod down in the very dirt, call on the poetry of Maya Angelou. And like hope springing high, still like dust, you will rise. And I'm getting a little excited because I can't stop thinking about my grandmother on her knees praying to my granddad. And I too can call on the comfort and strength and wisdom of my granddad and all my ancestors, biological and spiritual, and when you feel like all hope is lost, and when you see no way out, and when you are at the end of the rope, you can call on Jesus, who promises to be by your side, who promises to go with you to the throne of grace, who promises to speak on your behalf to the Spirit. This is the good news that we are not alone. Death is not final. Our ancestors have carried us all our lives, even unto this hour. And we too can carry them bones with us. We too can call on the comfort and strength and wisdom of the ancestors as we fight for justice, as we work for freedom, as we proclaim that all is not lost and death is not final, and evil will not have the last word, for the final word belongs to the ancestors. The final word belongs to love, and the final word belongs to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Mm -hmm.